We interrupt this program for a special news bulletin. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's the only show on earth about neighborhood soccer, Indy City Football Live on 99.1 FM WQRT. This week on the show, we interview Sock Takes managing editor and Indy Star contributor Kevin Johnston, Indy 11's Joshua Mason, Southside Soccer Club's Shelby Street, Near East United's Craig Banning, your city football commish, and we test out Cole Street as assistant to the producer. Recorded live every Monday night at 5.30 p.m. at a tap room in the heart of Mapleton Fall Creek. Here are your hosts, Jason Chisholm and Kerry Welcome back to another episode of Indy City Football Live. We are here at a tap room in the downtown heart of Mapleton. You can't get any more central Mapleton than a tap room in Mapleton. I'm your host, JD Chish, and we got other hosts, Carrie Burge, and a special guest host, Cole Street. You call him a guest host, I call him assistant to the producer. Jordan! We're glad to have you here, Cole. We're going to play with this a lot tonight, I see. All right, so Indy City Football is a recreational neighborhood soccer league with a good citizenship twist. In addition to wins and losses, you earn points for volunteering, using responsible means of transit, being good neighbors, partying, and now non-playing team members can also earn points. And we have one of those right here on our uh, podcast. Hey, that's me. So what do you do? as a non-playing member of Garfield AC? I mean, other than just kill it on the reg, um, a few other things. I do this podcast. Um, I have carpooled with team members. I am a mainstay of the after party. And um, I also give pep talks during the time between periods. Is it a halftime in soccer? It's a halftime. Nice. <laughs> yeah, we have a two, not three. I know, I know you're I know. more used to. I didn't call it periods. periods. Yeah. So, uh, so Carrie, you were obviously then as a uh, non-playing member of your team there on Wednesday to witness Garfield Park Mass Ave United in the ICF P I C F L T P S O G O T W. I was not there, as you may remember. <laughs> no, I was looking for I you. I did need to miss one game. I did find out uh, the result of the game by you. Sending me a picture of the other team being awarded the trophy. Yes, yes. Mass Ave, uh, Mass Ave won that game 5-1. But uh, we also have another person here on the podcast who played in that game. I have been told that I was at the game, but I don't really remember because I got a knee to the head in the first 30 seconds. Well, now, Jordan, you were um, saying how you led your team to a 1-1 draw at halftime. Yeah, so it, it felt a little funny because, you know, I haven't played city football in four years plus or so. And I'm not going to take credit for uh, Mass Ave, but, I, you know, I, when I played keeper for them two years, they did do get to the championship a couple times. I'm just saying. And they won? And so when they were going to play with Garfield AC, uh, which is my current neighborhood, mm -hmm. I thought, man, this would be a great time to kind of jump in. And, and it wasn't because it was the ICFPICFLTPSOGOTW? It was definitely because of that. 
<laughs> but I can't restate it because I can't remember any of those things. Anyway, they didn't have a keeper. I asked if I could hop in. Mm-hmm. Everyone was cool with it, and I got a knee to head within the first 30 seconds. It was great. Now, not only did the commissioner play, the shadow commissioner played as well. Yeah, plain, uh, if plain is synonymous with hobbling, then yes, she did. She was also pretty beat up. We've been building a fence in our backyard, and so <laughs> carrying concrete has not really <laughs> been helpful for the old soccer legs. <laughs> So, uh, Carrie, do you want to start with some of the scores for um, last week? Yes, I would love to. Um, Last week's game of the week was Riverside City and Old North United, and Riverside City won eight to nothing. Ooh. However, I have also heard from people who were there that Old North United was short players. They received a player on loan from Hawville mid-game. They did. But it was not enough. It wasn't. Was that player you? No, no, oh. it wasn't. It, it was a different player. Um, one of our defenders. Um, at halftime, we were sharing. We were on three. They were on two, and uh, they had just asked if uh, he would come back to his old team. That's nice. So uh, we were like, "Yeah, we we're up five nothing or something at the time." So go ahead, <laughs> go go play <laughs> over there. So also last week's rivalry game of the week. Um, was also the Golden Growler match mm-hmm. between Bates Hendricks FC and Fountain Square FC. Now, now, there is a story behind the Golden Growler that we really need to get into. It seems like the commission really is sitting on that golden egg. I've to got talk some about bad it. news, guys. Uh oh. So we, here's the thing we found out something this week. Do you know the story? Well, I'll let you go. You're at Garfield Park. You're the offending team in this whole thing. I mean, I'm no team. I'm I'm a commissioner unto himself. But who plays for Garfield occasionally? <laughs> Briefly for thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, uh, as a joke, someone from Garfield AC stole the Golden Growler, which of course, as we all know, is between Fountain Square FC and Bates Hendricks FC, and one of the original trophies. One of the originals. It's actually gorgeous. I mean, it's painted, hand painted. I think Sam Sluice handcrafted the wood base. It's like, it's very good. And uh, as a joke, somebody from Garfield, who shall rename, uh, remain unnamed, stole the trophy and kept it in his garage. But it was there for a while because we didn't play last year. And so during spring cleaning this year, oh. his wife said, what the heck is this? And tossed it out into the garbage. And that was the end of the <laughs> Golden Corraler. But, but, um, but Garfield has a rivalry with Bates as well. They do now. <laughs> called the, the Trash Trophy. That is true. The Garbage Game, that which is. is coming up here uh, in a couple weeks. Which is hilarious. The trophy actually looks like trash, and yet it has not been thrown out into the garbage. <laughs> and the Golden Growler was this beautiful monument. Clearly to, crafted. Uh, clearly Let's say the Golden Growler hadn't been thrown away. Who would have been handed that yesterday? Well, Fountain Square came back. Um, they were down at half. I heard. I talked to a few of the members after the, the game, and they fought back hard to win that game 6-4 over Bates Hendricks. And I know I think they lost the last two times, so it's been with Bates for a while. Um, and one of the members of Fountain Square has – agreed to look into rebuilding the Golden Growler. Now, also point out, too, that this thing was spray-painted gold. It was built 
Uh, I'm sorry. It was lacquered in actual gold, Jason. Yes, lacquered in actual gold and Kay. and drank out of after the games. <laughs> in pre-COVID times. Pre-COVID. <laughs> but uh, we're we're looking for a new um, Golden Growler trophy. Should be being made and hopefully at a game next year. Sponsored by Pup. I'm not making that one. <laughs> Weird. I talked about this, but the score of the um, I have. C-F-P-I-C-F-L-T-P-S-G-O-G-O-W-X-Y-Z game of the week. Nailed it. Crushed it. Um, it was Mass Ave United over Garfield Park AC 5-1. to one. Mm-hmm. I would like to, again, attribute that to me not being able to give my customary halftime pep talk. It was 1-1 one, one at half. <sighs> Thanks to our fearless commissioner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Taking the knee to the head just uh, to keep it 1-1. One, one. We interrupt this portion of Indy City Football Live to bring you an extended conversation with Kevin Johnson and Joshua Mason. You can catch the rest of your Indy City Football results wherever you get your podcasts. Um, with us today, we have Josh Mason, VP of Marketing at Indy 11. We also have Kevin Johnston, who is an Indy Star contributor and Soccer Takes or Sock Takes managing editor, who recently wrote an article in the Indy Star, um, kind of explaining and giving his insight on uh, the departure of Martin Rennie um, last Tuesday. Um, so we'll, we'll start with you, Kevin. So Kevin, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? How did you kind of get involved with soccer? Born and raised here in Indianapolis, true Naptown lifer, for better or for worse. Um, grew up playing soccer. Um, I wasn't the greatest player. I was decent. Like uh, I had, I could have played it like Earlham. I had a couple small offers, but I ended up just going to IU, and I wasn't good enough to play for IU, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I was able to get some good coaching around here. I played for my club was Inferno, which is now defunct. If I followed the pathway correctly, I believe a long time ago they merged with Carmel United, and then merged with Westfield United. Ultimately, became Indiana Fire Juniors. And so, yeah, I've loved soccer uh, since I was grown up, and then kind of later in my adult life, I got into journalism, and then specifically soccer journalism, which. Um, I was able to get on board at Indy Star. I was actually kind of brought on there specifically as sort of a hired gun just to cover Indy 11. So it's opened a lot of doors for me. And then from there, I launched Sock Takes. And yeah, a lot of fun covering uh, the beautiful game around here. That's awesome. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about Sock Takes. How did, you, how did it come about? How long has it been about? What do you like to write about? That kind of stuff. So I'm not really an Indy Star employee. I'm a freelancer. And so um, I guess the best way to describe me would be a part-time beat writer. And so year one covering the team for me was 2016. And like when I first started, I didn't really kind of realize that um, I wouldn't be able to write really as much as I wanted to, you know? So the first game I covered, I had like all these excess quotes and all this other stuff I wanted to talk about. And they're kind of like, dude, chill, chill. And no, we still just want one story from you every two or three weeks type of Mm -hmm. thing. So from there, um, having all that extra content kind of in my back pocket, I was like, man, I got to do something else with this. And so... From there, I decided just to launch Sock Takes, and um, I hired um, a couple local people, too, to help me out, and also people around the country, and so we have a heavy Central Indiana focus, Midwest focus, but we cover pretty much anything. Anything, um, no league is too small or too big for us, but our niche kind of has become, you know, sort of, people look to us for lower division coverage. That's kind of the niche we fell into, so. Yeah, so this wasn't on the script, but I just saw an ESPN article that the MLS is going to launch a second division starting in 
2023, it sounds like, and all the uh, MLS2 teams are going to be leaving the USL Championship and USL1. So what are your take on that since you this is kind of your bread and butter? Yeah, I try to keep the emotion out of the game. You know, when as a journalist, you try to be impartial on everything. So I know it's kind of a contentious topic. A lot of people are like up in arms about it. It doesn't really bother me too much. I'm sort of just in a wait and see mode. Um, obviously, there's potential it could hurt the USL Championship or NISA or, um, you know, League One or League Two of USL. But it kind of remains to be seen. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily like a death sentence for any of the other leagues outside of MLS. So I'm kind of just in the wait and see mode on that one. Awesome. All right, so let's get to your article. Um, first question I have for you is, do you really think that all soccer supporters are hipsters? That's kind yeah. of Wow, that that's a big, that's bold statement there, Kev. Yeah. I saw you through that in the show notes, and I got excited because I'm, I'm a huge junkie for hipster humor. I'm, my friends label me the, the resident hipster <laughs> among my, kind of my friend group. So, um, yeah, I know for a definitive fact that the answer to that is yes, and because <laughs> it takes one to know one. And so, but yeah, to, to honestly answer the question, of course not, you know, it, I was being very kind of loosey-goosey in that intro, and um, yeah, and obviously you're not really supposed to generalize like that anyway, so yeah, it was totally tongue-in-cheek, and I'm not trying to point any fingers, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think a couple people in the, in the BYB, because I know a lot of the BYB people, and uh, I think they most, like, had, had fun with it, so. Oh, I agree. As someone who has a mullet and a mustache and drives a Subaru, I am definitely not a hipster. <laughs> Cheers to that. <laughs> All right, so to kind of oversimplify your article, it seems like you believe that Martin may have resigned because of one thing, and it's the field. So can you kind of talk about the history of that conflict, I guess if you want to call it, but kind of just kind of how you came to that conclusion? Yeah, so I kind of started at, at that place because I knew Martin, he genuinely really does hate that pitch at, at Carroll Stadium. But, you know, I'm like, certainly there's more to it than that, right? So I'm trying to dig and find out. There's never just one reason, of course, right? But um, so I guess to start, part of the backstory is coming into the season, Martin Rennie was no stranger to the the Carroll Stadium field. Indy 11 had hosted two home playoff games in 2019 there due to Lucas Oil scheduling conflicts, um, I think with the Colts or some other um, events going on at Lucas Oil. So... He was familiar with the pitch, and they also played twice in the preseason, which the decision to move there obviously had already happened by the time he was playing preseason games this year. But and I'm sure they had some training sessions there, too, prior to this year even. I imagine in 2019 they did. Um, and so from what I understand, and of course, Mason, I would love for you to chime in. Sure, tell course. me if I'm wrong, <laughs> tell me if I'm right, or plead the fifth, whatever. But um, so my understanding is that I guess Martin Rennie kind of viewed all these changes as like a necessary evil. And by changes, plural, I mean, also, there was a lot of roster turnover. Um, the Indy 11 kind of became a player in the, the transfer market, um, which they've dabbled in before, but they really took it up a notch in this offseason um, with several players. Tyler Pasher, their best player, going to Houston Dynamo. Uh, Evan Newton, a great goalkeeper, going away. Cal Jennings, who we picked up. He never even played a minute for it, and then he was off. So um, given kind of the, the, financial, the financial landscape from COVID, you know, a lot of teams are hurting right now. So it made sense to – because it's not easy to do to sell a player to MLS. And I'm not exactly privy to, you know, some of these transfers, like the Josh Penn one, I don't, I don't believe there was money involved there. But uh, I think for the Pasher one, I believe there certainly was. And maybe for the Evan Newton, um, 
And so you had kind of this uh, whirlwind of factors coming into this offseason. Well, the way I understand it is Martin Rennie, he kind of viewed all this stuff as like a necessary evil. He, like, he, he knew the pitch wasn't great at Carroll Stadium, and he might have like inquired, like, hey, is there any chance we could change the surface there you know, soon or maybe even down the road? And I was guessing he was told no. But I, like, from what I gather, he didn't like throw a fit. It wasn't like this huge sticking point. He just kind of viewed it as like necessary evils, just the next hurdle in the, in the club's progression. Um, so fast forward to the week, not week one, but the home opener. Um, Indy 11 hosted FC Tulsa. And I don't know if, if Josh witnessed this, but I didn't witness it, but I heard, um, like it was talked about in the press box that Martin kind of flipped out about the pitch. So that, that home opener, Indy 11 did lose 2-0 to FC Tulsa. And it was a frustrating loss because I think Indy 11 looked like the better side that particular night. And just, you know, it was a bad luck result. And a lot of that bad luck, Martin, just the way he wants to play, something I think kind of snapped in his head at that, that home opener and he just so as things had gotten worse and the the team the results weren't coming in he just kind of clung on to that like i said like there's never like if you're going to quit a job or something right um you might there's probably a myriad of reasons you know you might not like your boss you might not like your pay or this or that but you might just you know people ask oh well, why'd you get that you might oh well the pay was just too good i couldn't refuse it or or the drive is shorter or and so I, it wasn't like just the field. Like there, there's way more to it than that, I'm sure. Um, but he kind of, but he genuinely did hate the pitch. So he, he kind of freaked out at the end of the first game behind the scenes. And then obviously we saw the comments following the, the Pittsburgh game when he, I guess, to, for lack of a better phrase, flew off the rails a little bit um, and kind of, but so my understanding is that essentially Martin, he knew all the drawbacks he was getting into, and he kind of like he had he signed off, you know he 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 signed off on all the offseason moves, the transit, and he he was okay with it. You know he didn't like throw a huge fit and was like I can't win like this or whatever. So whether he just was being too nice and just you know nodding his head and reluctantly agreeing, um, for whatever whatever the case, eventually that home opener, I think something just snapped in his head, and um, I, I know a lot of people thought like. Possibly Martin Rennie's job should have been on the line toward the end of 2020 with how the team collapsed down the stretch. But, and again, Josh, chime in here. If you, but my understanding <laughs> was that, like, I don't think he was actually very close to losing his job. So people thought he was, like, kind of on the hot seat. And I do definitely think the last month or so his seat was starting to get hot because Indy picked up the biggest win they've had in probably a year and a half. They won at Louisville, mm -hmm. the biggest rival. Then after that, the next four, draw, loss, loss, loss. So his seat, I mean, was probably definitely starting to warm up. Um, I haven't been told that he was given an ultimatum or anything, like, hey, if you, you lose X, Y, and Z games, you're out of here. But I think he might have he felt the pressure mounting, and then he just really wanted to latch on. and that just He hated that field. So, like I said, he legitimately hated it, but he also kind of was like, I'm going to latch on to this as my main, I'm going to cite this as my primary reason for, for getting out of town. Mm -hmm. I can chime in. The only thing I can really say is that <clears throat> there's two different sides to it. I think I probably said this last week, but there's two different sides of the soccer business. There's a performance side and there's the all, all things else, which should be really be centered on fan experience, right? Wins and losses is part of that fan experience. So granted, the more we win, the better opportunities we have to put more butts in seats to really build a culture around what we're doing. Now, the only thing I can say as it relates to the things you're saying is that let's, let your conjecture 
probably on to a degree, but I said the biggest thing is that I don't know some of those answers any more than you can speculate, uh, nor can I in the front office because I said I don't know. I'm not asked Martin directly to be able to answer some of those questions. But um, what I would try to remind people is that this is a, it's a career, right? Mm-hmm. You have, just like you guys all have jobs, there are expectations around what you need to do. And in Martin's case, I think, you know, he didn't think he was meeting expectations and that's where things go. Um, but to be fair to him, he's a good human. I know yeah. results matter in, in sport, but some people forget that he's just a great human. He's a good person. He's a good father. He's a good husband. Like those elements do get missed um, because all you want to see are the results, you know, black and white, the results. I said, um, the things that I always will say about any coach or anybody who works for us, whether it be a player, front office, he never embarrassed the brand, the badge, or the, or the city. And so I hope people feel a sense of, while they might want to see change in that role, might see tactically whatever the people have from an internal perspective, what they want to see change. Um, those are things I can't control. But what I did have was a lot of positive experience with Martin in terms of how he let me interact with the team, how I could get my marketing initiatives done because of the way he was able to enable me and get things done that I need to get done. So I, I want to make sure there's a more grander picture as it relates to the role. Mm-hmm. Um, end of the day, performance side is what performance side is. I am sorry to see Martin go. I'm also the same same flip of that same coin. I'm excited to see what the other side of that coin looks like. Um, and if the start of what we saw in Sporting Kansas City over the weekend is or really where we're heading, then great. I mean, uh, that Sporting Kansas City 2, two team, in my opinion, Kev, I don't know if you watched the game, but, man, they're athletic, mm-hmm. young. I think they hit the post quite a few different times, shot from outside the 18 multiple times. I mean, really athletic team, and we were able to absorb a lot of that pressure and come back and with a good win. So, I mean, I'm not saying that's all Max Rogers. I mean, give a little bit of credit to Martin because I said a lot of ways yeah. he operates mm-hmm. as a general manager in some ways too, right? He picked a lot of those humans that be on that squad. So, and I'm not trying to, this is not any inside information. I said, Martin is a good human. I will continue to say mm-hmm. that. I wish him the best in the next endeavor. I will help him where I can, but um, excited to see where things go. As always, I said, I was trying to look through two lenses. Number one, as I told Kevin, I'm always going to be a fan first and foremost. Secondarily, obviously, I'm as a representative of the club. I said, I try to have both those hats on, but I said, God, it's hard not to be passionate about what mm-hmm. we're doing. I mean, I always try to tell me the passion is what gets me out of bed, along with our supporters. So, And now Martin has been the uh, longest t- tenured yeah. uh, manager of Indy 11. What do you think his legacy is as he's leaving? I mean, I, I mean, Kev can speak to this too. I said, just because he's been such a good human and he's had good results. I mean, we didn't get to the, I mean, that Louisville game, I will always will say, and, and hmm. uh will be the toughest uh, uh, extra time I've ever been a part of in my entire life. I mean, that was gut-wrenching. I'd, I'd never project expectations on going to a final. I'm always like, when the whistle blows, then I'll have a reaction. But it was really hard not to feel that build um, on that Louisville uh, indie game mm-hmm. here. Um, and I never want to give Louisville credit for anything. I always want to beat them in everything they do. So, and Brad S. is the president's a wonderful human being. I, I, I like their staff a lot, but I don't care about on the field. Tyler Gibson, you were dead to me. So um, <laughs> he'll never hear this, so it's fine. And he's, he's, he's a good friend. So um, but I said, we play the games to play the games, right? I support the club. My job's to show up, make sure there's more butts and seats in the same way the supporters' job is to show up and scream and yell and make sure they win, give them all the energy they can. That's home and away games, too. You know, reason why we have a great away travel for that reason, because mm-hmm. we have people show up, want to support year-round, which I love. So, I mean, as far as, you know, my expectations, you think about the, the – the coaches we've had, we've had Jurgen and I'd say Tim Regan, the interim, Tim Hankinson, and now Martin. I mean, uh, every year is going to be a build, right, on the previous people's work. So I have to give them all those names I just mentioned all credit as well to help Indy 11 get to where it is. Same for Martin. You know, that's, that's a commitment to moving to a city he didn't know anybody. 
removing his family here and all those things to help us move again a little bit moving the ball a little bit further down the you know field if you're you know we use the football the other football reference if you will um so good good credit to martin i'll be curious what the next person picks up the ball and where do we go next so i'm curious your thoughts kev i mean you live the day-to-day too so yeah i actually spawned a really mini twitter thread about this specific topic so i guess i'll kind of kind of regurgitate some of the stuff i said there um essentially so 2018 Indy 11 made the playoffs, seven seed, played two seed Louisville in the first round, lost to, Lou City was the eventual champion. So um, 2018, Rennie's first year, I'd say he met expectations. I give him a C, you know, made the playoffs and kind of did what you're supposed to do type of thing. Um, 2019, he exceeded expectations. So I give him a grade of an A if I'm going with letter grades. Um, People thought Indy 11 were going to be good. There were some expectations, but when you get a couple minutes away from making the final, I think it's fair to say he exceeded expectations. So I C for 2018, A for 2019, and then 2020 I downgrade to an F just because um, Indy was atop the table, I think, in the whole Eastern Conference at one point. Um, just looking stellar and then just kind of inexplicably just the wheels fell off uh, very abruptly and quickly. And even like with a couple weeks left in the season, it still looked like Indy might make the playoffs. And, oh, there's still time to salvage this. And they just kept, um, you know, kept faltering and faltering. And so um, a team that talented, I thought that 2020 roster was one of the most talented ever. And for them to miss the playoffs, I have to give a grade of an F. So from 2018 to 2020, I gave, let's see, a C, A, F. So that would be an average of a C. And then 2021 would be the decider. And I thought I gave, to be fair, I thought a C minus was fair. Because, again, Indy at one point was atop the Central Division just not too long ago, just like a month ago. And even as bad as the last four games um, prior to the KC game, um, even as bad as those were, at the time Rennie stepped away, or they mutually parted ways, um, Indy was in fifth, you know, and the playoff line is top four. So he was just like a point or two out of the playoffs and was only six points out of first place in the division. Um, and in fact, the win with KC, I think you're up to third now already. Yeah. Just so one win got him back in third. So some people might think, oh, well, with how this last month has gone, you might give Rennie a, a D or an F for that. But I, I went a C minus and then overall composite score for his legacy. I gave a C minus. And let's not forget that the, I don't know if we can say this, but the Memphis game, we scored a goal that did not count. That would have been a 2-2 draw. That's and still painful. Thanks for bringing that up, Cole. Appreciate that. <laughs> I know that uh, we tweeted something that we had to delete pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like you said, you know, with this, the status of the season, it's still pretty early. We have an opportunity. We have a game away at Louisville um, this weekend, which Indy City football players, if you are attending this away game, you get three times the, um, oh, whoa. the points. Uh, it's the a big deal. points for your – Catherine's happy. For your team. <laughs> um, the best way, I actually – can speak from experience. I went to the last game when we won uh, 2-1. It was probably one of the best soccer events that I've been to, and I've been to a Seattle-Portland game in Seattle. Um, just the fact that you were the away fan stealing. It was a, it was a, it was a robbery, <laughs> highway robbery. In all, the we, best, in all the best ways. So. In all the best yeah. ways. We went down there, stole that, and just there was about 150 to 200 BYB fans there just – Felt so, just felt so good. So any, I believe any, I said the goal is to double that. So this game. So I mean, the first day I'm considering going down myself. I said I, I want to make sure we push as many humans as possible 
because we are probably in the league, at least within the USL Championship, one of the best away traveling teams there are. Absolutely. I'll never forget the, the t- when in the NASL back in the day, we actually had someone travel to Edmonton. Remember this? In Edmonton, <laughs> yes, yes. Canada, to support any level. It was Tony from Craig Herb Street. So, Tony, Tony yeah. shout out to you, buddy. <laughs> um, travel, literally drove to Edmonton to make sure there was one supporter in the stands. The long-term goal I, I'm going to see, for my, at least for myself and probably the BYB, is to have representation at every single away game. Yep. Um, because that is the thing that sets supporters groups, at least apart from others, in the, in the, at least in the USL, but probably in the U.S. in general. Um, I think we're heading that direction, which yep. I tell all the time is that the inclusiveness alone should make you want to be involved. And mm-hmm. the fact to have them are really good humans, too, on top of that. So. Mm-hmm. So the, so the next game, the next N11 game is this away game in Louisville um, this on June 26th at 7.30. Uh, you can get tickets. Best way, I think, is going to be to follow the BYB on socials. Um, they're tweeting out links to get uh, tickets to our supporter section. Um, you can also subscribe at byb.soccer um, to get any kind of updates. They send out places to eat, travel recommendations, when to arrive, where to park, that kind of stuff. Um, we also have the next home game. And Indy is going to be uh, July 4th weekend. It's going to be actually Saturday, July 3rd, uh, 7 p.m. versus Birmingham. And that's going to be a, a great game. Um, any, anything that's, fun going on? That's the beach soccer rematch. So, oh, so yeah, that, maybe, that was yeah. a joke. Yeah, we get that was beach soccer. Remember last time we played? I write that down. Um, yeah, so we, actually, we had some meetings on this morning in terms of really, we're going to make sure, obviously, we get clear with IPY, but we're hoping that's the game of normalcy and uh, setting that full capacities. I mean, those are things I can't control. That's another week away before we get some um, solid answers around those things. But as soon as we know, this is one of the few places we'll come to rather quickly to make sure, you know, that if, if tailgating's back, we want to tell everybody as loud as we possibly can, as fast as we possibly can. Those are elements that we're waiting to, you know, negotiate through, so to speak, make sure everyone's aligned and, the moment we can do so, I promise you, I'm going to make it as lucrative as possible under, under every circumstance to get you to come to the game on July 3rd. Um, the only thing I couldn't pull off was fireworks because if you have to book those like six months in advance, but I did try at one point. So, uh, But I promise you that it will be a great game day experience for those of you who are able to come out on July 3rd. I've got some fireworks at home if you want. I mean, you know, really, I mean, what, what I don't yeah. know is what I don't know, Jordan. So, I mean, if you can get them in. And cool. I think we'll have some exciting announcements about that game uh, next week as well. So, hopefully, Josh will be back here and I will we'll tell you some fun things. Awesome. Kevin, thank you so much for coming out today. Uh, Josh, thanks for coming out as well. Um, you both are welcome to stay to the end and get a little crazy with us. Um, sure. But we appreciate you coming out. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Today we welcome Shelby Street to the show to talk about our BYB Pride Razor collab. Tell us about yourself. First, I play for Southside Soccer Club. Um, you've probably heard my husband Cole Street around. It's a whole family affair. We got a father-in-law around here too, so all trying to get a sister in too. <laughs> so all four of you would be playing? Uh, three of us for now, trying to get the fourth in, but I think she's a little late for the roster, but she, she might start showing up. So when are you going to change the uh, team name to just like the... Southside Street Club? Southside Coles? <laughs> Something like that. Southside Streets? That would be the last name of the street. How did you uh, get involved with NDCD football? Um, so my husband actually found it while we were in college. So I was still living in West Lafayette, like way up north. I was working for Office of Civic Engagement and Leadership Development. Um, and so I originally just kind of came to support, like I was just kind of sitting on the sidelines and drinking some beer, cheering them on. And then I got really bored just sitting there. So I ended up joining like at week four or five. 
Um, and then I've just kind of stuck around ever since. Hey, Carrie, that sounds like you might be able to join. <laughs> sounds like maybe not. <laughs> how, how long have you been uh, involved with, or how many seasons is this playing for Indy City Football? Oh, I mean, we started in 2018. So this is kind of the third year. And Cole and I were both kind of hanging out during pandemic time. Mm -hmm. um, obviously not playing, but still kind of in touch with folks. I mean, we really found our people through Indy City. They helped us find our apartment. They helped us find our house that we bought. Um, I, you can make connections to just about everything we've done to people in Indy City, which has been fantastic. Carrie's crying. <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to well up a little. It could be allergies, but I'm not sure. <laughs> and uh, Southside, it's a new team this year. What team were you guys playing for before? Uh, we played for Cottage Home, um, which is now kind of Pogues Run, kind of Near East Side. A lot of the people went to Near East Side, um, but I think kind of some of the branding went to Pogues Run. Um, but I think you'll hear from some of our, one of our old teammates, uh, Craig Banning, who's coming on later. Do you have any regrets on changing teams? Uh, no. Good, the good. maroon color is much better fitting for me, so no regrets. That's a great reason. <laughs> That's all I'm here for is the um, aesthetics. <laughs> how would you say your season's going so far? Uh, morale high. You know, vibes <laughs> high. Uh, beers always full, always flowing. Uh, colors bold. I don't know. That's about all that <laughs> is going well for us. Sounds like a, like a banner. <laughs> <laughs> it's something. A lot of us are just here for the people. We're here for the times, not necessarily the athletic aspect of it. <laughs> it is neighborhood soccer for good, not neighborhood soccer for winning. <laughs> yeah, and, and part of that good message is don't be a jerk. So uh, Shelby, what does uh, don't be a jerk mean to you? Um, I mean, to me, it's supporting your teammates no matter what their background is, what's going on in their lives, or kind of what your experiences were coming in. Um, I think especially in the context of Pride Month and our LGBTQ soccer players, um, it's just, it's really respecting them. And that goes a lot further than just neutrality. Um, it goes into respecting pronouns. It's not telling their stories without their uh, experience or kind of without their permission. Um, there are more than enough of us uh, LGBTQ folks playing for Indy City. Um, we all look very different. We all show up very different. Um, so it kind of it varies, um, but definitely like we're out there and we hear kind of what people are talking about. So just be very aware of your words and how you're treating people. Um, I think pronouns is definitely the biggest thing. Can't assume anything about anyone. Um, and that's a very good thing. Yeah. Thanks. That's awesome. Um, I heard you're going to tell us a little bit about the history of Pride in Indianapolis, specifically. <laughs> Indianapolis specifically. Yeah, so it's definitely changed over the years. Um, kind of started popping up in like the early 80s. It was very underground, very secretive, um, mostly for like security and safety reasons. Um, over the years, it has expanded more and more, become more public, become more kind of the Pride as we know it today, where it's truly showing up and being prideful and being proud of who you are and not having to worry about that security aspect of it. Um, 
kind of the first instance of that. It was like a giant picnic with over like it's 500 people. And like the next year, it was like a thousand people. And it just like keeps growing. Um, unfortunately, the last couple of years, it's been a lot of online stuff. Including this year, um, as much as I would love to have gone to a more festival and hung out in the park, uh, it was online this year as well. I think there's still some online events going on. Um, they're starting to move towards some more like affinity groups and stuff, kind of opening up this fall where you can actually meet up in person as long as it's safe and you're comfortable doing so. Um, so I think there's more coming this fall, definitely more uh, next year. Uh, but for now, yeah, a lot of online resources going around. And uh, there's another event actually coming up. Can you tell us a little bit about the uh, BYB fundraiser? Yeah, BYB uh, Pride Raiser. So it is still going on. Uh, if you go to the BYB Twitter, which I think is the underscore BYB, they have a tiny URL in their bio. Uh, if you go to that, it tells you how to donate, how it works, what it means. Um, you can not be like me. I pulled a nice little Michael Scott. Uh, I did not read the rules. I thought it was uh, donations per game. <laughs> Uh, so I made a very generous donation, later found out it was goals for the entire month. Um, <laughs> so the awesome news, you can go in and edit your pledge. <laughs> um, so it is per goal. Uh, some people are sticking to the, you know, 11-11, you can do a 317, you can do a 111, you can just do a dollar, five dollars, however generous you want to be. Um, for context, right now, Indy 11 is sitting at four goals in five games so far. They've got one more out-of-town game coming up. Uh, looks like they're sitting right around uh, 11.65, about to be donated, uh, given the context of the next game as well. Yeah. Hey, Jordan, can you give us a little bit of the background about how this partnership with the BYB and Pride came, came to pass, so to say? Yeah, I think one of the things that we share uh, in common with uh, the Brickyard Battalion is, uh, you know, the way that we talk about it is we say don't be a jerk, but they're also pretty uh, heavily curate, um, you know, what goes on in the BYB, right? There are rules about not being uh, homophobic, uh, not, not using racial language, that sort of thing. And so we share those, those same values. Uh, it really only make, makes sense for us to, to connect with uh, with pride and um, be, you know, we're all about being good to our neighbors and our neighbors are a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds. So it only makes sense for us to be as welcoming uh, as we possibly can. All right, well, uh, thank you for stopping by, Shelby. Um, I hope you're enjoying your time here at the Tap Room, watching a live recording of Indy City Football. And uh, we'll see you uh, out on the field on Wednesday. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. All right, we've had a lot of time hanging out on the radio with you guys today. It's time to say goodbye. If you still want more of this incredible neighborhood soccer content, you can catch us on the After Hours podcast for New City Football. We do have on the podcast today an interview with Near East United interim captain Craig Banning. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty wood, a neighborly day for a beauty.
You are listening to Indy City Football Live yeah. on WQRT. Indy City Football After Dark, the FM, best part LP, of the podcast, Indianapolis, to me anyways. Indiana. Uh, what's everybody drinking tonight? Ooh, I'm drinking the cotton candy from two times. Hey, there. me too. Hey, cheers. Carrie, what am I drinking? You're drinking the lager because that's all you like. Thank you. And I'm drinking the Windmill Relative Strawberry. Ooh, and from Dyer, Indiana, which I used to live there. No kidding. Wouldn't recommend it, but <laughs> I was there. And this is all still two toms, right, from Fort Wayne? It is. Two toms from Fort Wayne here at a tap room. If you turn downtown a- Mapleton. <laughs> all right, we've got to check in. Obligatory. How are we doing with our way too early champion predictions? We do have to add Coles, even though he's had a couple weeks to think about it. I've got a personal experience to think about it. <laughs> uh, to, yep. I'm adding a Pogues run. Ooh. So basically, as soon as I leave, they win it all. Uh, funny story, when I was growing up playing hockey, I left the team to go play for what I thought was a better team, which was a better team. But the team I left went and won the Nationals, National Championship, which is kind of how I do it. So when I leave, they're great. That so. is soul-suckingly sad. It's happened two or three times, actually. Uh, my team, Riverside City, looked pretty darn good. I'm uh, feeling good. I uh, noticed that this week my team... Real Fletcher plays. Did pop into the top 10 finally. And um, Aaron Morton's still number one. Now, I will <laughs> say this is the first time that all of our picks have been on the top table. Yeah. I will say something about Fletcher Place. Jordan's rule is if you have a good goalie, you have a chance to win the league. And Fletcher Place has a great goalie. Cody's the dude. Yeah, oh yeah. He's a stud in the back. I mistakenly thought that they performed incredibly well against Riverside. And as it turns out, I believe they tied, correct? That's correct. And that was the entire basis of my decision. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Next year, are we doing uh, preseason games so so we can get a better idea of these? uh, I heard we're having 12 preseason games, 12 (laughs) regular season games. Yeah, gotcha. And Mm. the playoffs. Well, yeah, i got to stretch out all the ticket revenue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Makes sense. All right. Fall season? No, it's winter season. There you go. Preseason games can be held at Central State. Regular season games at Koontz. Postseason at Carroll. I mm-hmm. think uh, Carrie might uh, take a swing at you if you don't let her get out of here soon. <laughs> She's contemplating it. I Carrie, have... can you tell us what happened in The Bachelor last week? That's not. That's last. We've got one more important thing first that I think uh, you're going to enjoy. Okay. Carrie's soccer terms. Mm. Today I read that is not considered nice soccer etiquette. Etiquette. <laughs> etiquette. <laughs> Compass. Um, it's not considered polite soccer etiquette to say, my ball. You should say your own name, like Carrie's ball, Jordan's ball. And I wanted to know if that was maybe some BS that I read on a soccer, maybe in a different country or continent site. And what do we say here? Like in Indy City football, my ball, is it rude? Can we say it? What is the deal? Uh, were you watching like a how to play soccer 101 YouTube No, video? I just Googled interesting soccer terms. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I don't yeah, want to read too sense. much because I can't know. Otherwise, that makes this segment worthless. Sure. I think it's completely fair, and I would prefer my team to say that stuff because over-communicating is better than under-communicating. Maybe we see some teams make those selfish. changes. I don't think it's selfish. No, I mean... If you're bad and you're calling my ball, we might need to have a conversation, but... Most people calling my ball are confident enough to handle the ball. No, but it's like you you just, like you instead of saying my ball, it's like Cole's ball. No. Nah. 
Yeah, Which, I've never heard that. I mean, <laughs> I, I've never heard that. The only time uh, for next like, week, I will look up this website and we will get to the bottom of it. <laughs> the, the only thing I know for sure is like when it's coming to me, I will yell "keeper," mm. and no. that tells that you know because that's my position. It did say that that is allowed. Yeah, mm. I don't know. Mm. Anyways, that is that. Okay, so it's time for my thirty-second bachelor breakdown. Can I get thirty Can seconds I, on the I, clock? Yes, I will give you thirty seconds. Just one second to get to thirty seconds. Ready? Yep. Set? Go. I blacked out last week and I didn't remember much, so I had to read a recap from the Volter and now I've got it. There's this guy named Carl who is a big D-bag. Everybody hated him. He's a motivational speaker and all he did was motivate everyone to punch him in the nuts. She went on a one-on-one date with Greg. They both talked about how their dads died. She cried. She hugged him on the beach and said, this is a perfect date. Then she gave him a rose so he gets to stay. They went on another date, a bunch of group guys, and they had to do musical performances, and the one guy had to admit he was a virgin, and then they did another date with wrestling, and they still didn't have a rose ceremony. Wow. 30 seconds, exactly. Way to go, I covered the whole gamut, too. That is everything that happened in the episode. Hello, everybody. With me today, we have Craig Banning. Hello. From Near East United. One of our segments, we want to call out someone from next that we're playing in the future weeks. Uh, last, Last week, we played... We, as in Southside Soccer Club, played against Craig's Near East United in a directional derby as part of the Compass Cup. Um, I like that. That's, that's... And uh, part of last week's segment, we I might not have agreed to it, but we went into a bet, which we did. Indy City Football loves a tattoo bet. Um, so as you heard earlier, my wife, Shelby, talking about pride, uh, she was entered into a tattoo bet, and the other part of the bet was Craig would get a mullet if uh, Southside Soccer Club won. But and who I'm, won, Cole? I still have full head of hair. <laughs> <laughs> that should say it all. And uh, Shelby's looking for an artist. She is. Uh, yeah. Now, so now is, is she the getting tattoo the, the tattoo the team's logo? I think it's just a. Uh, we haven't. We didn't clarify. In, put her on the record i did not agree to that <laughs> nor did shelby but she's getting it the team crest i don't think i think it now just needs to be is it Southside soccer club's team crest or is it near east united's no. team crest because well, that would be a real bet that's right a real there. tattoo bet but uh you know i didn't I agree it a, to it either i wasn't even on but i will tell you the entire game i was sweating <laughs> <laughs> and then you scored five in ten minutes and that's but, what just dissipated real but quick. But it started off, it was pretty even. We went up quick, mm-hmm. and then you guys came back very quick. It, like, stole us from the kickoff. Yeah, scored so a goal. Kind of what happened, up. the first goal, so it went into halftime 1-0. One, one Near East United, we're up 1-0. Uh, it was a butt shot. Uh, Classic. Someone Near East United took a shot from the top of the box. Zara. One of our one of teammates. Our in the, yep. Zara, I can't can attest. She's great. Play, for, play with her on a cottage home. Took a shot off of one of our defender's butts who turned because the ball was coming right at her. And it's just the redeflection right in front of the net put in the corner. Tough. Um, we did have both teams, which is a thing we like to talk about here, is we had a lot of people not show up. Um, as a reminder, we play every Wednesday night, six, seven, eight, and nine. Uh, so if you have any questions about when you play, just log into your sports engine app because yeah. uh, your team needs you. Check the sketty. Yeah, so uh, my team had about six, I think maybe seven uh, people not show up, two last minutes. There was 
They had good reasons, but... Uh, we had five people missing. I was playing center midfield. No one in my life has ever said that I'm a, a good soccer player. I've never been accused of being a good soccer player, so when I'm playing center midfield, that's not a good sign. So we, but uh, Southside Soccer Club has a predicament that maybe we can talk through here, but our best, one of our best players, probably our best player, both in the field and in net, is Ben Davis. Ben Davis, if you have not seen us play, he does not have a mullet. He's the other goalie that does not have a mullet. But he he's played, a fantastic He goal. played at DePaul. He's, a, he's really good. He's awesome. He was one of my pandemic recruits. Um, you guys should have kept him in goal. I might have a mullet right so, now. So, yeah, he <laughs> might have had a mullet. So Ben played in the first half. He came to me and said, let me go out and play, in the, play out in the field. He scored in 30 seconds. He scored the first goal, 30 seconds in the second half, tied at 1-1. I thought we had a great decision. But everyone gassed. And then I was getting breakaways on me, and then it was on me. So yeah. maybe Ben should have stayed. Um, we're actively – I don't want to play our show all of our cards, but we're considering a full game of Ben, ben Davis and Net. <laughs> um, but other than that, the Near East United, for a team who has not won a game up to this point, played amazing. We really found our, our footing that game. We were, we were rusty for the first couple of games, really trying to figure ourselves out who's playing where. And we – we kind of hit our stride. Mm-hmm. Um, I suspect we're only going to get better. I would hope. I don't know. I haven't really looked at the schedule. Um, but you I can I blame do, me if it doesn't go well. I will blame you. Blame but you I think one it. of the things is that even though Nearest United is technically a rebranded team, you don't have any people from no. previously. So it's basically an expansion it's team. It's an expansion team. Yeah, right. So, uh, Craig, tell us a little bit, like, how long have you played um, Indy City football? What plugged you in what's been your experience been like man i have been here since day one um i i don't even remember how i think it's maybe i don't remember what you guys put ads on originally that i saw oh, facebook for Face, sure had been facebook yeah <laughs> and i was just like oh i'm so in um, and i was super stoked because i'm real i'm real into i love indianapolis i'm real into the neighborhoods you know i i love the idea of you know having like that kind of English pub league style putting the neighborhood against each other um, and it was rough in the beginning I remember playing I, I'll never forget so the first game I think I was playing on a muddy grassy field in front of the state <laughs> museum and after that first game I was like we are never playing here again <laughs> like I knew we were never playing here again they kicked us out within Ten hours, I think. <laughs> yeah. And what team have you uh, played for in the past? So I started with Cottage Home because uh, it was pretty much – I live in Windsor Park, um, and that was the closest team. And up until this year, I played for Cottage Home, then they got rebranded, and then Windsor Park at first got wrapped into the Near East team, mm-hmm. and then things kind of shifted as more people started signing up and they needed other players elsewhere. But I, I stuck with uh, Near East – and we've we've formed a, a pretty a pretty good team. We've got a fun team already. That likes to go out to the after parties. We've got some people that have already done some volunteer stuff, and got a lot of people active in the neighborhood. So it's a, it's a really good team. It's fun. We got a lot of spirit, um, and we're we're slowly slowly coming together as this basically expansion team. Yeah, it's not easy. Uh, it's, from experience, it's not easy being an expansion team. No, and especially because uh, being with Cottage Home, I've I've been. The, I think we've been in last place, and then one year we got to go to 
the finals and, and ended up finishing second one year. So it's like I've been all across the board. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of – it's nice to – I've just I've seen it all, got to experience it all, and now I'm just basically here for the good time. I, I don't expect that we're going to be winning any leagues against Heron Morton or <laughs> or, oh, but, uh, or Pope's Run anytime so, soon. So, what's your opinion on the, the split tables? I like it. I think I think it's cool. I like the idea of you know you kind of figure out who's where, and then it gives people more a better chance. We had a lot of we obviously we had a lot of fun. We beat Southside Soccer Club, but mm-hmm. they were definitely more on our level of play. Mm-hmm. Um, they have they have a much more mixed group of people who are kind of more really athletic and not so much so, and I'm more in the not so much so category. Um, and so I, I like having that good balance of teams, and that seems to that seems to be the best way to do it because uh, I could not play the Heron Mortons of the world every week, and <laughs> I just can't keep up. It's not as fun. I also don't think I'd have as much fun playing for a Heron Morton because they don't show up to the party. They do not. They don't party. I've never seen them at a party. I wanted to throw you a curveball and have a, a real journalist actually ask you a question oh, okay. here. So Bring it on. Uh, we've got Kevin here to ask you, I don't know, hopefully a hard yeah. question. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, it's got to Give me a good one. I want to hear the, the full tactical breakdown of how Near East United lines up and how they play. Okay, so usually... We're going with like a, what do we have? <laughs> this well, is seven first people. Of all, yeah, you know, this is this is a V eight. So it's, it's uh, yeah. So it's usually like a, I think a, a, a three. How many? How many? How many people? Seven. <laughs> you have four more. You have four more you can yeah. put on there. It's usually it's usually like a three three. It's usually like a three three one, but it ends up being like uh you know kind of that that midfield position. It's either we end up having an attacking midfielder or kind of a defensive midfielder, depending on who's in. And our our best, probably one of our best guys uh, is our defensive midfielder, but he was playing keeper this last game, and um, that was really where you guys had a chance. We scored in 30 seconds. Yeah. We just Be- fell off because, because we had lost it in midfield. Mm-hmm. It immediate. We had no control in the midfield. Now, I know your keeper is uh, out of town. When's he, you're expecting your keeper back. Should be back this week. This week? Yeah. Should be back this week. So I have a big announcement to make while I'm at it. So I live in South Broad Ripple. I was this close to signing up for Indy City Football. Oh, man. I, at the last moment, I, I was on the registration page. In fact, you guys emailed me, you know, like, I don't know if it was the default generated, but it was like, I noticed you, like, started to sign up and then didn't finish. Can you, like, tell me why? <laughs> but, yeah, basically, I was this close to signing up, and I was like, well, I just, you know, I'm not as fit as I should be probably to play. And also some time conflicts. So, but um, yeah, I'm officially a free agent. I live in the South Broad Ripple area. So, um, any team desperate for um, additional lack of talent, <laughs> uh, let me know, and I'm available. Kevin hung out with us one time. Was like, these guys, I can play with these guys. We're in. <laughs> yeah, if you want someone to be like really terrible for like the first couple games, and then like decent for like maybe the last game. <laughs> then on your guy. Heck yeah. Playoff ringer. Playoff ringer. I think I, I would have to ask your address. Obviously, we won't put this on, on the air, but uh, I think you're probably Midtown is your team if you're in South Broderville. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm like uh, 49th, 52nd in between, uh, in between college and Keystone. I actually think you should join Midtown. Midtown's a really good team that has like missed a couple games that they should have won. Uh, and you would recognize some names, I think, of the people who play over there. So, we'll try to get you off air. 
Um, I was talking earlier about the, the two tables, and uh, something that came up was, if you win the whole thing, you get a star on your kit. What happens if you win the second table? What should you get put onto your kit to signify that you won the second group? Trash can. <laughs> I was thinking like a circle. A circle, a heart. <laughs> like a Zelda. I think we were also talking uh, diamonds, diamond, like a silver diamond. diamond. Yeah. Can't be silver. It's whatever the secondary color is. Other, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really handing out shapes for the Hell for winning yeah. the, the loser bracket. Whoa, it's a winner. It's it's to signify it's the winning. Winner of the winner. No, it's not even a loser. Hey, first <laughs> off, as a supporter of a team that plays in a lower league, I take that Craig, offensively. Who you, Craig, who do you support? Uh, Queens Park Rangers. Mm. Big big time. Ten years, going on ten years. It's been a there rough a, ten years. We were watching uh, the England Scotland game at. Uh, Chatham Tap, shout out to Chatham Tap, is uh, one of our sponsors of our league. Um, and there was a guy that plays for Scotland, Dykes. Lyndon Dykes. He's, uh, that, that's why Craig was there. Anytime yeah. Dykes would shut, uh, <laughs> touch the ball, come on, Dykes, hey! Dykes, hey, scream. Let's go! <laughs> He's very bald. He's Sounds like my high school days, actually. <laughs> now, uh, we haven't talked about this yet, Craig, but uh, you are. What, what is the neighborhood that you actually live in? And uh, tell us a little bit about the team you've been pulling for for almost eight years well, now. Well, since I live in Windsor Park, uh, I started the Windsor Park Rangers uh, Twitter. I think it was uh, our, our good friend Sat Mumps on Twitter, That's the right. ultimate uh, ICF troll, and he inspired me to start my own uh, Twitter to pull for, you know, I was really pushing for Windsor Park Rangers, but I'll settle for what I get, you know. I'm will on a you, team, I'm playing. Will you start ICF2? And do a, a second league where you're the only team as the Windsor Park Rangers? Yeah, I'll play. It'd be me by myself. And then uh, that's pretty much guarantees you a promotion into the, the big the big leagues. And I can have as many stars as I want on my jersey. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> they play winter seasons. <laughs> so he's coming in he's coming in fresh off the championship. Yeah, we're official. So I'm curious, is it does one person run the Indy City football account or is it multiple people or Share duties. Uh, so the first question is, which account? Because there are 26 fake brands. <laughs> True. Some of which are currently yeah. suspended. The official Damn league account. Uh, so I think there are about maybe six or seven people on, on there. Uh, if it's early in the morning, I'm probably the one tweeting. Uh, <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, I, I just wanted to pass along some props because I, I like you guys' sense of humor. Good. Um, specifically, I saw a tweet that had me cracking up you know, probably a couple weeks ago, but... Someone was celebrating, um, like, oh, we won 3-0 undefeated or whatever, and, like, you know, just brushing their shoulders off. And someone someone just co- was, was like, um, well, what about your community engagement points or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> it was just such, like, good timing, you know, and someone was, like, trying to kind of dust their shoulders yeah. off. You're like, cool story, bro, but, but what about the stuff that matters? But, yeah, that was pretty savage. Yeah, that's good. I'm not going to point any uh, fingers, <laughs> but that was a Hallville uh, uh, player, if I recall. <laughs> <laughs> well played, well played on that. That's I enjoyed funny. that. Well, so I, I, I'm curious then if you if you're familiar with any city football, do you like start to uh, sign up at some point? Like, how did it first come to your uh, like knowledge? I mean, you're an Indianapolis guy, so maybe you've heard of us uh, before, but yeah, just being in the soccer community, I've kind of followed you guys from the jump, and I've been meaning like every year. I'm like, I should play, I should play, and 
I'm always just such a lazy bum that I, <laughs> I, I don't for some reason. But, yeah, I just love what you guys do. And eventually I'm sure I will play once I stop being a loser. But Sounds know. like Wednesday is going to be your first game. Yeah, that's, <laughs> what I, that's what I'm hearing for There's sure. There's always people looking for team or do, players. You know, we have a little bit of beef with you, yeah. though. Uh, uh, it's because uh, uh, Dr. Chopra now plays for Martindale <laughs> AFC. <Ooh. laughs> uh -oh. Yeah. That's it. No, that's the tweet. <laughs> Whoever's their biggest rival, that's the team I want to join. There you go. Call it a derby. Midtown, actually. So you're a natural rival. Uh, so take, take them out off, on and off the field. Do we have anything else to cover before we go? I was going to ask uh, Craig here, since he's our guest. Yep. What is your next game, or who you're playing next? Man, I don't even know. I told you. I'm <laughs> I'm uh, over here shaming people for not checking the schedule, and I don't even check the schedule. So. I just know it's 9 o'clock, so we're probably going to go and get drunk beforehand so that we can actually get the party points because we're probably not going to get any points on the field. You, you're playing um, Intermonon. Oh, new team. Expansion team it's versus expansion, expansion team. Yes, okay. Yes. Is that the expansion game of the week? Yes, it is. Are these, are these people that live in the houses right on the Monon? Well... Jordan, you want to talk about where... Uh, so where is Intermonon? Intermonon is basically... Uh, it, it took, took uh, areas from Old North. Mm -hmm. So it is along the, the uh, Monon Trail, but it took areas from, uh, from Old North, mm -hmm. from Sporting Hair and Morton, mm -hmm. from uh, Mapleton Fall Creek, yes. from Martindale, mm -hmm. and it's basically like Kennedy King up to uh, I think it's Friends and Neighbors. Just basically, basically like a whole swath of of homes on either side of the of the Monon. I would have done the exact same thing. Yeah. If, if they took from Heron Morton, why have they had the same team for five years? Well, Heron Morton has had the same team for eight Ever. years. Yeah. Because they all bought their homes ten years ago, <laughs> and they just play play together. Their kids are like, this is the thing about Heron Morton, man. Those kids are six years from playing. playing. They're, they've been training yeah. this whole time. Like, this is a dynasty going it on It is here. a dynasty. You've got an academy set up there. <laughs> We need like a First, like a like a Nets like an like a Brooklyn Nets thing where we gotta get all the the best players to move to these other. Sounds areas. like Hawville might have been that. Hey, it's not uh, my fault. We all live in Hawthorne, <laughs> Hawville area. So, um, so Near East United yep. won their first game. Yes, they did. Uh, moved up a little bit in the table. Intermonon's coming off a loss, but this is technically number sixteen versus number nineteen. In the in the whole group, so you have a chance to move up even farther. That is the hope. Um, yeah, I think we're gonna have everybody there. Hopefully, um, I I had an awful game, except for maybe like two. I had like two good touches, and that was about it. Um, it was also really it was really hot. So can we can I request that we turn the temperature down a little bit? Uh, next game seventy nine <laughs> and partially cloudy tomorrow. Okay. Oh, and those uh, oh, Wednesday Wednesday those uh, seven o'clock. Eight o'clock games are pretty brutal on your keepers, mm -hmm. and anyone sun. going into the sun. I mean, that is terrible. Um, well, I mean, I have a, we have I have a question, question for Craig. Craig. Yeah. Yeah. So, Craig, you carry around something with you anytime you're associating with Erie's <laughs> United. So, how do, how can people pick you out of the crowd? Uh, I'm definitely gonna have at least a plunger or a toilet brush hanging around because our jerseys are the nastiest color of poop brown. <laughs> and we clinged on to being the shitters really quick. And I, I just leaned into it real hard. 
I bought I've, I bought I bought plenty of when you have twenty four color options in twenty fourteen, someone's gonna end up being <laughs> shit brown. That's okay. It's cool because I get to plunge the toilet on the sidelines. Is that your uh, celebration? That's my celebration. I got I was double plunging last week. <laughs> I had two two plungers in my hands. We we're flushing them down. You know. <laughs> I'm so glad we're not on television right now. <laughs> Wait, who's Craig? Who are you who are you inviting onto the show next week? Uh, Liz Wallen from uh, Atletico Cottage Home. Oh no, Poker Run. Poker. <laughs> who played with both of us yes, last, last year, year on now defunct Cottage Home? She's probably our best player last year. She's really good. Solid defender. Yeah. Solid. Great leader. There's no wonder why she, she's kind of being the mainstay on that team there. Mm-hmm. She's the only, I think she's the only returning player for that team. Well, Craig, what we're doing in this. Uh, I don't, I don't know what to call it, but, but we're interviewing you, and you're adopting the next, you know, yeah. uh, inviting the next person. So you'll, you'll need to come back and put her on the hot seat. That's fair. Ask her a bunch yeah. of questions. Maybe plunge a couple things. Plunge I don't know. a couple. <laughs> I'll have plenty of things to plunge by then, I'm sure. Well, man, thanks for coming out. Uh, we really appreciate your time, man. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. The uh, infamous highlighter match which is Meridian Kelsner United versus Broderville City. Um, kind of a, a big score deficit there with uh, Broderville City coming out on top, 2-7. to seven. We've got the Compass Cup game. 7-2. Seven 7-2. Seven the Compass? The Compass Cup game. Compass. Compass. Compass? Com- compass. Get that Com- St. Louis accent out of here. I'm from Indiana. <laughs> Go on, then. That's so Hoosier. Did I say? I don't understand. You said Compass. 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 Look, I, we're going to cut this bit out, but I did go to college in the St. Louis area, and I was not aware until I went to college in the St. Louis area that the word Hoosier is derogatory. So yeah. when I went to college, I was like, hey, my name's Jordan. I'm a Hoosier. Do you know why? <laughs> well, you're jealous. Probably, well, well because it's, people no. from Indiana. <laughs> it's no. Missouri. No, but do you know why? No, I learned this from a cab driver once. Show me. It, <laughs> it dates back to there was a labor strike in St. Louis, and the scabs that they hired to come in and replace the workers were all from Indiana. Oh, fuck those guys. <laughs> this is the radio no, 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 portion. Cool. This is the after dark. Here. No, no, no. We'll have to. It is now. You already said you were cutting it out. All right. Okay. No, we're going to edit through all this. It's um, with an O, compass. So, the directional derby. Our second game. No, the, the, I've been thinking about this. The Compass Cup is a compilation of directional derbies. It, you can't have a f- multiple directional derbies. It's the Compass Cup. Derbies. Is is the, no, no, that one has derby. Yeah. This is an English thing, yeah. Are you guys punking me? No. I feel no. like there's some weird stuff with vowels <laughs> no. happening. No, it is, but... It, Which way do you right. say... Can we change the name since I can't say the word? Compass? Compass. Compass. It's an O. Compass. Compass. Wow. Uh, Phonetically spelled C-U-M-P-U-S. Compass. Spelled C-O-M-P-A-S-S. Okay, we'll call it directional derby. Compass. (laughs) Compass. This week's directional derby as part of the Compass Cup. Yes, I I do like that. That is a good good way to include both names. We had uh, Southside Sporting Club, who is uh, managed here by uh, Cole Street, and uh, Versnier East. Both teams coming into this match uh, without a win. Mm-hmm. Uh, both teams looking to make a strong, um, strong showing in their table. Strong and is a 
looking looking to make a strong impact on Mm. their table. Cole, can you tell us how the game went? It did not go well for me, but we do have Craig Banning, who was the interim manager of um, Near East United, coming on to talk to us in a little bit. But uh, it didn't go well. Uh, I went on a rant last week talking about people not showing up. There were some extraneous circumstances, but six of my top uh, six of my eight starters were not there, and we kept it close. But then the wheels fell off in the end when we everyone was tired. So it happens. So it does. Should we get some more scores? You wanted to do another one, another score. You want to start with the what six o'clock game, field two. Six o'clock field. Why are we starting with that one? Because we already did six o'clock field three. Nice, get it. Um, Midtown versus Intermonon. Midtown takes the cake two to nothing. We have uh, Real West versus Real Fletcher Place. Uh, Fletcher Place taking it away three nil. As they start their slow climb to the top. As very slow, very slow climb. We've got um, Sporting here in Morton and Martindale AFC. Sporting here in Morton took that one five to two. Sporting White River versus Atletico Pogues run one to six. That was an upset now, wasn't it? No, Pogues no? is Pogues is good. I think Pogues is good, but White River is like a, one of the top top teams. All right. And they had scored five goals in each of their previous games. Okay, I didn't get a preseason prediction. Oh I'm, yeah, no, yeah. I'm latching on to Pogues. Well, that's easy to say in week six. Okay. Okay, do it. Fine. Fine. Thank you. <laughs> we can put an asterisk next to it. When they win, they can still have an asterisk next to me gloating, but they're tough. We do need to figure out, like, if one of us's preseason prediction is right, like, what is the prize? Everyone else gets a tattoo. <sighs> I'm already in a tattoo bet. I can't be in another one. <laughs> we love a tattoo bet here at Indy City Football we, Live. We do. We do. It's, it's, a, good, it's a good bet. Mm-hmm. Let's hear some more scores. Hallville CD versus Irvington FC. Now, this was your expansion game of the week. Um, the, the last game on field three, we uh, were able to... We were able to uh, have a nice-sized halftime lead to loan one of our players over to Old North. And, uh, yeah, Hallville 8, Irvington nil. Sounds like Hallville has a heck of a goaltender there. You would think it. But boy, is our defense really strong. Here's some other scores. We had uh, Broad Ripple City versus almost illegible because it's so bright, but I think it says Meridian Kessler United. Broad Ripple City comes out 7-2. to And that's bright because it's the highlighter game. Zing, we did already cover that one. It's all coming back. It's all coming back to me now. Old Speedway City versus Mapleton FC. Very close game. Uh, Old Speedway does fall again. Uh, they scored two. Mapleton FC three. Uh, I think the last one we have left is AC Mile Square and Upper Downtown FC. That two. is. That's the last one. AC Mile Square takes it two to one. And that's the scores for the games of last week. That was the most stressful part of every show for me. It's, it's a long one. So what's next, Gary? Where we, uh, how, I have to turn my phone back on to see the, the rundown. So go ahead, Same. take over the next run. All right, so uh, we've got the IFC challenge of this week. ICF challenge of this week is share your best team snack. 
Now, this one is important to me because I'm a real big snack person. Now, do you share it with another team? I the best snacks you're not going to share with anybody. Yeah, I don't love sharing snacks, to be honest. I know. So how is it uh, share your best snack? Share it, like, on social media. Not share it with someone. No. Secret. Yeah, share it with uh, the team. Mm-hmm. Especially if you win. You have to share the spoil. Are you saying put it on social media? Yeah. And tag IFC Challenge? Yeah. Yeah. Now, Carrie. Yes. As a non-playing team member, what do you bring in for the snack? I used to work at a cupcake bakery. Mm-hmm. So I might bring cupcakes. Is that a good uh, pre-game snack? No. Good post-game snack? Hell yeah. What should we uh, encourage the teams to do, a pre- or post-game snack? Both. You have to be strong, have some nuts beforehand, get you some protein. <laughs> Just for those 9 o'clock, you got to like, eat dinner, take a nap, and then you, <laughs> then you go to the game. Go on a digestive health walk in between. Uh, do you have some standings for us, anyone? Anyone? Oh, you want some standings. Well, uh, Sporting here in Morton, Hallville City do not change spots. They're still one and two. Um, White River did take their first loss of the year, dropping them down to fifth place. Uh, your Jenny's about to send us the updated with extra points. We're almost there. Perfect. So no, we're not going to be able to pop uh, that I thought you were in. telling me. Yeah. We, we, oh, we wait for those. Better. Yeah, we can wait for those. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I thought that's no, what that was, talking about. No, we're good. No, you're perfect. We'll have to do some quick math. So uh, this week's game of the week is Broad River City versus Midtown FC. It'll be um, a close game. I think uh, Broad Ripple and Midtown both won last week. So they are both trying to get, well, Broad Ripple's trying to stay in the top group. Midtown's trying to get into the top group. Um, But I think it'll be a very good game between those two. And from what I've seen on social media, Broad Ripple City's Adam Wren, when he's not playing with Senators, is tearing up the Indy City Football League. I think he scored a couple of goals a couple of weeks ago. He, he had a hat to, trick a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, he likes I, to talk about it. Last time. He I, I to, kept hearing the chance of for a hat trick all during somebody's <laughs> game. Now, is a hat trick in soccer like it is in hockey? Do people actually yeah. throw their hats? No. Oh. COVID. Did you say COVID? Well, they're still doing <laughs> it in hockey. I just saw it the other night in Vegas. <laughs> Also, there are no octopuses. No, there's, there's no, no squids, no octopi. octopi. Yeah. As someone who played hockey for 18 years, it's the same thing. I understand it's the same thing with the rule. But, but the, the hats. No, hats no we, don't, we might throw scarves, but no. then it's like that costs $30, so I'm yeah. not going to do that. No. <laughs> I do always, whenever I see people throwing their hats at the hockey game, I'm like, what are you doing? You yeah. never get it back. That's it's part what, of it. You buy a new hat for the night to remember yeah. this is the new hat because Jonathan Tay scored a hat trick. Ew. Oh, no, don't you say that. <laughs> All right. We're getting I'm wearing yeah, my yeah, blue yeah, shirt yeah, tonight. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, now, I will say in the Hallville-Irvington game, I almost uh, got a hockey assist, mm. which is different than a soccer football assist because it's two people away from scoring, right? You pass to the person who passed to the person who scored. Yes. Almost. Did not score. But mm. I was in the goal for a long time thinking to myself, I can at least try to get a hockey assist for the podcast. And in hockey, you call an assist an apple. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. 
And then, reach, when I would get assists, because I couldn't score goals, I'd get tons of assists. I'd reach up, grab an apple off the tree, take a bite, throw it behind my back. That's how I would celebrate my assists. <laughs> Did you like get the face of the person to him and be like, how about them apples? <laughs> you know it. We have the next game of the week, the ICFL, ICFP, ICFL, TPSOGOTW. This week is going to be against or between Real Fletcher Place and AC Miles Square. Now, those two teams, both in the top table, very close to each other. One's ranked 8th, one's ranked 10th. Um, a loss in that game for either one of those teams might drop them to the second table. Lots at stake there. Good pick. Oh, so it's not really too early to be thinking about the playoffs, is it? It's never too early. Never too early. We do, we do have a couple uh, big games highlighted this week. Um, White River versus Heron Morton. Mm. Uh, that's a number one versus number five currently. Um, if White River did take their first loss, so they're trying to bounce back. Heron Morton's on cruise control like they have been for four years now. So it'll be a good game to see. And that's the game that I want to ask. Is it a jerk of me if I play goalie for Sporting White River against Hallville the week before? Or uh, I play Sporting White River keeper against Heron Morton the week before Hallville plays Heron Morton. You want the real answer? Yeah, I mean, the, the whole spirit of the game is no ringers, so. All yeah, right, no all ringers. right. But uh, I'll have to pay attention to that game nonetheless. <laughs> so who then, who do we think, who's going to be the first to knock uh, Heron Morton into a loss? Uh, it's probably going to be week one in the playoffs. Tends to happen like that. It, it could be White River. Um, they're, they're a good team. But if you want to ask also who's going to be the first team to knock Hallville out of the... Uh, the Pogues. The winning... Well, Pogues doesn't play us. Playoffs. We don't play Pogues. In the playoffs, we would. Undefeated streak? Is that what you're going for? Who's gonna, That's the one. Who's going to give you your first L? Yeah. Um, this week, Another one to keep an eye on will be Mapleton FC versus Hallville CD. That is four and two. So uh, be a tough game for Hallville. The first real tough game for Hallville. Mm. It's about time. And we also want to keep an eye on Martindale AFC versus Bates Hendricks. Bates Hendricks lost to Fountain Square, pushed them from the top to the bottom table. And uh, both of these teams now are currently on the bottom, trying to get into the top. Whew. Makes me want to drink. Um, <laughs> on that note, the after party this week is at Ralston's. It's hosted by Upper Downtown FC. You can find Ralston's Draft House at 635 Massachusetts Avenue. They have beers, cocktails, and food. They have patio and indoor seating. Beautiful. Are they kid friendly? Are they dog friendly? I've seen a dog there. They definitely have dogs in the patio. Mm -hmm. Is it dogs or pets? Because <clears throat> it's important to me to know if I can bring a cat to this uh, bar or not. As long as your dog, cat, or kid is on a leash, they're welcome. All right. I will be actually bringing my cat to this week's game. Yeah. I've ordered him a little dark green jersey. I look forward to it. And uh, maybe this is the luck we need to just push Turn onward. Around, yeah. Or maybe he's going to behave so badly I have to go home early and miss the game. <laughs> Who knows? Now, it's a shame that we play the same time as you guys. Or no, wait, we'll, we'll play uh, the hour before. So I'll be able to hang out with your cat during your game. 
Okay, guys, do you want to jump down to number seven? Mm-hmm. We got to get rolling. All right, so there's a lot besides just incredible neighborhood soccer going on in Indy this week. Gents, did you know that it is Indy Burger Week? No. What? I did. I found out today. It's the best week of the year. So check out your favorite local haunts that have burgers. They might be having deals. They might be having special burgers you can't get other times of the year. Get out there and eat some meat. Um, the Indiana can Fever I, have a I game. Can I give a shout-out to my favorite okay. burger joint? Yeah. Kuma's Corner. All right, let's uh, go around. had a bad fire over during COVID, but they're back. That's awesome. And they make banger burgers. So if you don't know where to go, that's a great place to go. And if they're listening, they will look great on a jersey. <laughs> <laughs> JD, where are you getting your burger at this week? I heard there was a place by the airport, and that's uh, the far as I've heard. So. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm going with some people from work, and uh, it's near the airport. Nice. I'm a Golden Ace man. Okay. So, which is a Near East United uh, uh, haunt, so got to check it out if you haven't been. Now, I will say, and I don't know if they're a part of this, they may not be, so edit this out, <laughs> but California Burger on 16th Street is a fantastic restaurant, and it's totally worth the two-hour-long lines to their drive-thru. Drive? Two-hour drive? Two-hour-long lines to their drive-thru. So they get like a podcast or... Something. Next time, next week we'll do the podcast. Next week in the live. 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 Uh nobody asked, but I would get my burger. I'm going to probably have at least one from Behringer's. Mm. Classic. Classic. I have not yet been there. Oh my gosh. They're two blocks away from my house and I closed them down Wait, at karaoke what? on Thursday. It's the neon sign that says uh, Beer Lunch. Beer lunch. It's in South Village at uh, Pleasant Run South. Sounds like we're all going to get hamburgers with you. Yeah, like, everybody like, come when on. You say, if anything's two blocks from you, it's two blocks from me. So like, yeah, we're going. We're going. It's <laughs> on. <laughs> um, anyways, lots of good places out there. Support local businesses. Get you some meat in your mouth. Mm -hmm. um, in other weekly happenings, the Indiana Fever are playing the Dallas Wings on the 24th at 7. On the 25th at 9, there's a haunted Indianapolis downtown ghost walk. Which to me sounds like something worth checking out. The Marion County Fair is June 25th through July 4th. Mullet required? Mullet required. And um, on June 26th, starting at 4 p.m., is the Garfield Park Art and Music Festival. Woo! I will definitely be there. Beers, food, snacks, art, music. Who's playing? Lots of pleases. Lots huh? of pleases. Lots of people. <laughs> Guys, I've only had one beer. <laughs> Well, Carrie, it's been great to have you. Thanks for uh, sticking around Thanks. through the entire time. Time to go watch The Bachelor. Right. <laughs> we'll see you later. Bye, guys. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Would you be mine? Would you be mine? Would you be my name?